0: We've got Hockey Talk. Those are the moments you're a sports fan for. Um, those are the moments where, you know, you're down through nothing, and the team has this amazing comeback, and the guy who you want, who you really are thinking, this needs to be the star of this team, has a hat trick. We've got beer. It has a unicorn on the can. An easy-drinking beer that's just delicious. We want to help you understand the sport you love better. What kind of things are you looking for to understand the game better? what you know? What's a couple of things someone who's watching a game at home when things start up here in a few weeks, or if they're watching college hockey, what's going on right now? What kind of things would they be looking for to try and understand the game better or what's happening in the game, that sort of thing? Sure. Yeah, it's a great question, and I think it's, it's something that's evergreen. Um... Listen to Jackets debrief, part of the Hockey Podcast Network and available wherever fine podcasts are downloaded.
1: podcast Justin bedford alongside noah russo how you doing this week no i'm good how are you doing not too bad not too bad you know finally you know finally down in mexico so that's nice bit of nice weather kind of feels like florida right now so it's it's good it's a good time
2: yeah this podcast is getting recorded in a third different country now
1: yeah also apologies to our listeners if our audio sounds slightly worse this week where you have different audio setup obviously doing it this way uh with some different mics so if it sounds worse um which it probably does but it probably doesn't sound worse than our audio all of season one when we recorded yeah. both audio on one mic so there's that but apologies if it's not as uh, not as good as it usually is which I mean it's usually not that great either way but <laughs> you know it is what it is. Um it's nice pretty much done with uh with schoolwork now so uh a bit of you know good time to relax i know you're you're still in new york
2: yeah uh, still got still got a few school things left yeah should be back should be back in canada december 19th yeah
1: yeah so another week so
2: yeah looking forward to it my dad has the odr all set up outside so looking forward to that
1: yeah, it's always a good time. I was like, I was thinking about it the other day because I haven't, uh, when I fly back from Mexico, I have to be in in, in Alberta for a week. Right. And so I'll be able to go skating. And like, I haven't been on the ice since like February of last year. Yeah. Like, it's been, well, I guess this year, but it's been a long time.
2: So it really has, like, just way longer than usual.
1: Yeah. Definitely looking forward to that. Like, it's going to be, I can't wait. Yeah. So, Almost there, and like we're getting closer here to the start of the NHL season. We hopefully, yes. We mentioned it briefly last episode. We didn't get too far into it because, um, right now when there's there's not much going on really in hockey. Although we did see the first trade this week in two months, which is excellent.
2: Dmitry,
1: yeah, yeah. Dmitry Timoshov blockbuster, which was awesome because you know we waited so long for there to finally be a trade it's nice that it was a, a blockbuster <laughs> type deal yeah. I think worth the wait is definitely the consensus feel I got from most people I talk to
2: yeah you know I always liked Timashov I got to see Timashov when he was playing junior cuz he played for Quebec City so I got to see him in junior and like he looks like exactly what Marcia so is same type of player, and you're it's going to be interesting to see where he ends up ultimately.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I still, yeah, it's tough because he was in that leaf system for so long, and there were so exactly. many prospects coming through at the same time. There just was no spot for him that he's kind of just gotten lost in the shuffle through all of that. So nice to see him get a fresh start. Um, and just nice that something finally happened player-wise other than teams re-signing their RFAs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, which was great to see. But the point of all that was, yeah, we, with, with no hockey on right now, there's limited amounts of things we can talk to. So we've been trying to spread them out as best we can. Um, And for that reason, we didn't talk about uh, the NHL's return to play plan and coming back uh, last episode. um, And we were kind of hoping more information would come out about it and more details. And there's been a little bit, but not as much as I was kind of hoping for. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, for this episode um, the one thing was the, the initial report about the, the divisions there was an additional report out uh, from Pierre Lebrun that uh, that was subject to change and there might be some adjustments what are your thoughts on that
2: um, interesting uh, I wonder how much of like a say the owners have in what like division their team plays in I I wonder if some owners like complained or something like that, that this is why it's getting kind of readjusted. So that, that, that would be interesting to see, but it doesn't really make a difference. Like it's, I think it's fairly small changes to be honest.
1: Yeah. I mean, and you talk about like, and yeah, it is just a one year change really is what it's going to be. Hopefully. So, you know, I don't, Think anyone should be too up in arms about you know having to play a certain team you know x amount of times right if it is just for the one year and with like you know likely they're not being fans in most buildings um that's not really going to play a factor either i mean i guess travel is a part of it but you look at the the canadian division like you're crossing massive like that's you know three time zones four time zones are going through exactly. So it's, it's going to be adjustment for some teams. Definitely. I think is what it's going to be. And it looks like right now that the way it's shaping up, like, I think it, the, the feel I get is that it would be an easier division for the Panthers. Like we talked about it earlier, breaking down the, the potential teams. And I think either way you look at it, like not having to play Toronto um, and not having to play Boston would be huge. Uh
2: yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, I, they still play Tampa, but it is what it is. Yeah, uh, and, and I think
1: you were always going to see that like yeah. There was yeah. no way to realign them without including those two in the same division. Uh and that's just you know the way it is.
2: Yeah, exactly. But, you know, I I think it makes a lot of sense and I think the Panthers are in a very favorable position.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely a favorable position to to where they would have been. And it's, I'm not saying like, Oh, like they're, they're a walk for the playoffs or anything like that. But I think it gives them a much better chance of being competitive in this division. Like, I think, you know, they can compete with teams like like Nashville uh, and be on that same level or Chicago, whatever it ends up being. Uh, so I like it from that standpoint, very curious to see what everything looks like when it comes back. There's still uh a lot more information that kind of needs to be known uh, mm-hmm. really. And, you know, obviously training camps and things will get started. So we're just kind of waiting on stuff like that to, to go down. I did see one interesting suggestion I saw was uh, the NHL potentially selling the naming rights to the different divisions in order to recoup some money that they lost from the, the pandemic and from uh, doing the bubbles. What are your thoughts on that?
2: I actually didn't see that report. That sounds really interesting. Oh, my apologies. Um, no, thank you. Um, you want to know what? Like, I can see why they're not doing it, but I don't see the worst thing about it. You know, so depending on what the company sponsoring, I think it can make sense.
0: Yeah, like.
1: The thing for me is I'm surprised like there hasn't been more talk about doing like, you know, little ads on jerseys like they do in the NBA. Just because Mm -hmm. like any little thing you can do to increase your profitability when you know there's not going to be a ton of fans there, um, I think is crucial for the longevity of the league to, to get back to, you know, where they were right and so that you know you can increase the cap and players salaries can go up to get to that point like there's a lot of different options on the table in terms of increasing revenue uh naming rights and jersey ads being one of them but I, yeah i think there's like good opportunity too for um some really cool like if you had like let's say you have the canadian division right mm-hmm. like what if it was the canadian tire division right yeah right like, so it's not that far off you're still going to know what the division is and if you're just doing it for one year you know like it's kind of just like an anything helps type thing right
2: i think it could really make sense especially the fact that it's it's really just a different it's not a full season like let's face it right now like it's going to be a modified season so it doesn't mean as much in terms of commercial revenue so, like, it wouldn't make sense to have sponsors in this, like, format.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Are they, are they like, because, I, you know, I get why they don't normally do it because, you know, and I mean, to be fair, like, they have changed the, the division names before. Um, they used to be, like, there was, like, the Smythe division, I think. Like, There's like, the Campbell, like. Yeah, they've gone through a bunch of different yeah. iterations of divisions. Like, I don't. And like, I don't think you're gonna like discourage any fans really by naming the divisions, and I think fans will understand why they're doing it. So yeah. it, it'll be interesting to see if they end up doing it. That was just one report. I don't even know who, uh, uh who I saw that from.
2: So I. But it, it makes a ton of sense when you think about it.
1: Yeah, it it really does. Like just something small that's not gonna impact the integrity of the game or anything like that.
2: It really isn't. Yeah.
1: Um, And it'll be, yeah. So I, I assume they're looking at the leagues, looking at a ton of different options of, of ways to approach that to uh, generate as much revenue as possible. It'll be interesting to see what they end up going with. There's yeah, just so many different directions they can go with this and we'll, we'll have to wait and see, but I, I think it's definitely an interesting idea. I mean,
2: yeah, that being said, I don't expect the NHL to do it, though.
1: uh, Yeah, fully, because the NHL is never.
2: Very, uh, yeah, very conservative in their ways in terms of that. So, yeah, I would not expect the NHL to actually do that.
1: My expectation is either they don't do it or they do it. And the companies that sponsor the division names are like the weirdest companies. (laughs) Right. Where it's like. Yeah, like, it, it makes no sense from a you know co-branding, co-sponsorship type thing.
2: I mean, I remember the World Cup of Hockey, and I think a big sponsor was um, a software company based SAP. out of California. Yeah,
1: SAP had never, shoulder advertisements on all the jerseys.
2: Never got that.
1: I because like, they, they own the they own the naming rights to the building in San Jose. Okay, the SAP Center. And I believe they do – their programming, I think, is somehow related to the Iceberg cameras uh, that they run for tracking stuff. Okay. So I'm not 100% sure on that. So, like, they are kind of tied, but it's, like, one of those things, like, unless you're, like, a really, like, knowledgeable hockey fan or you're from California, like, you're not going to make that association. Exactly. Right? Like, there are just some brands that, like, you – immediately associate with with hockey right yeah right like if they
2: especially especially being able to do this regional like i mean there's so much potential on a national scale for canada as you said canadian tire would be like a perfect fit
1: yeah that's just like one example thrown out there of like you a you'd know it first of all very canadian brand so you know it's the canadian division literally just changes the name of the division by one word mm-hmm. so like stuff like that like you could do like a dunkin donuts division like i don't know like i, I don't know i see all those ads with like david post or not david post which yeah. are fantastic those are my favorite they're
2: they very good very good
1: so it, it'll be it'll be interesting to, to see what the the league does i i i agree i don't i don't think they end up doing it but um definitely something i think they should consider mm-hmm at yeah. this point
2: yeah and as you said it doesn't like destroy the integrity of the game at all so i mean you're really like you're just trying to recuperate revenue it makes sense
1: yeah it's it's really not going to impact much in, in my opinion exactly um Moving on to the other big kind of, I mean, most of the the discussion of hockey, like obviously there's the return to play, but the the kind of thing that's on a lot of people's minds right now is the World Juniors uh, tournament coming up uh, in Alberta uh, at the end of this month. And teams have announced their their finalized rosters. We saw Team Finland with two Florida Panthers prospects on it. Um, Anton Lindell, obviously everyone expected to be there. Uh, and expects to be a big contributor for that team. Were you surprised to see Casper uh, Pudio? Uh, I don't even know I'm pronouncing that right, so apologies. Were you surprised <laughs> at all to see him uh, make the team?
2: Um, I mean, you know, he was – I think he was a fourth-round pick. Uh, you never kind of expect him to make it. But at the same time, it's – he's a fourth-round pick. So there – he – he is in that conversation. So I'm just glad to see him on the roster.
1: Yeah. And I think it, it's definitely nice for, for obviously the player to make that team. I think it uh, speaks volumes about, you know, the work they've put in and what the the country, uh, their national program thinks of him as a player. Um, I'll be honest. Like I haven't seen him play much. Uh, I watched him a bit when he played with the Everett silver tips Uh, I've talked to some people who have watched him a bit more and um, kind of the theme throughout that, that I've gotten is that um, he's a really underrated skater. Like he's a guy you don't think of as a good skater, but he, and he's not fast per se, but he's very, very mobile. Uh, Gets around the ice really well. He takes the right angles to cut off players. He's a really tough player to attack against as a defenseman. Um, so oh, yeah, I'm super excited. He made the team. Uh, I, I didn't expect him to, I don't know. I don't anticipate he's going to have a huge role with the team, obviously with uh, some of the other bigger name defensemen they have, like they have a uh, Topi the they have Ville Hanola. Um, so he's not going to see any special teams play and stuff like that. But I think this is a really nice, uh, I, I think I think he'll do well in, in the role that he's given. And I, I'm excited to watch him play. And just another reason to cheer for Team Finland.
2: <laughs>
1: Which, I mean. um,
2: Yeah, I think, that, like, every team is bringing, like, a really, really good squad this year. Yeah, the, definitely. Really it's, good teams. It's going to be a really exciting tournament.
1: I mean, you look at some of the names of guys that have gotten cut, and it's like. In a lot of other years, those guys make the team every single time. Um, And and it's nice, too, for us because, like, you know, from our position, like, we're both Canadian, uh, but we're both Panthers fans. So, really, if any one of Canada, Finland, or the USA wins, and those are all very good teams, like, that's a pretty clear win in our books.
2: Exactly, exactly. I mean, Spencer Knight's, like, knock on wood, going to start for Team USA.
1: I mean, he has been incredible this year in college. Exactly. Like nearly unbeatable. Like it's just incredible. So I expect like last year he didn't have – like he wasn't bad last year, but I think – like I expect him to be a little bit better. Obviously in the game they lost to Finland. Like, I mean, he was nearly perfect. He allows one goal. That's it. Right, but in a couple other ones, like the first game they played against Canada, like I, I expect them to stop maybe one or two of the ones you let in.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but I expect them to be huge for for Team USA. And I mean, yeah, and they got.
2: I and I'm I'm never sure how to like really um, evaluate Team USA because so many years it seems like they're going into the tournament like. All hype, and then just no product.
1: Well, and so, you and usually the way it goes is like in the first like game or two they'll like crush some team, or they'll upset Canada, and everyone's like, "All right, this is their year," and then they'll just like fizzle out.
2: Right, right, exactly. At some so point, I'm always wary of like how to evaluate the the United States team, but like with Spencer Knight and Net, like I can say that they they're they're going to be, like, favorites for the gold medal just because of how good he is.
1: Yeah, he is that type. Like, him and, like, I mean, there's some very good goalies in this tournament, but you look at him and probably Askarov, the two highest-drafted goalies in this tournament, those are the type of goalies that can steal you games and steal medals for for your country, really. I mean, we've seen, like, Askarov, you know, he didn't have a great tournament last year either, but at other levels and other tournaments, he's stolen medals for Russia, like, very clearly.
2: you want to know what? He's coming into this with a year more experience.
1: And he's also had an incredible year this year as well. He's
2: been looking really good.
1: So exciting to watch. Um, one big player who won't be there for Team USA this year, though, is Nick Robertson, who opted not to not to join Team USA, um, basically because the Leafs said that they couldn't guarantee him a roster spot and so they needed him at training camp. And so to make his case to to play for the Leafs next year, he is not playing on team USA. What are your thoughts on this?
2: Jeez, I, I hope he makes the Leafs because that would suck if like he just like sat out of the world juniors and didn't even make the team. That would that would be really be painful. Um I'm a big world juniors guy, so I'm always gonna like I think that's an in like an extremely valuable experience for the players. Yeah. So I, I'm kind of disappointed.
1: And like, and he was very good time, for the USA last year.
2: Like he he's the type of player that you put on a team and immediately elevates you. Yeah. So and he'll probably make the Leafs squad. To be honest, he'll he'll probably make it.
1: I I agree with you. He probably makes it for sure,
2: but I don't know I don't know if like he's because he's gonna play what maximum third line minutes with the Leafs if he make, gets a roster spot. Most likely, yeah. So I mean we're thinking about like maybe 10 minutes a game.
0: Yeah
2: is it, the only thing that I can think of is wh- where would he play if he doesn't make the leaves?
1: Yeah, yeah, that'd be difficult.
2: I, I mean, I, I mean, because I don't think the AHL has any concrete plans yet.
1: I think, yeah. they, I think, they, yeah, I think they're starting in February. Okay. Um, I don't know. I like, I don't mind it from Nick Robertson. Like, I love that, like, you know, bet on your, t- like, bet on yourself mentality. Like, if the team is basically saying, like, like we're not going to guarantee you spot, so show, like, show up and show us what you can do. So I, I like him mm-hmm. in that spot. It it is, it is there's a little bit of risk, obviously, especially you know if he doesn't make the team and with uh, so much uncertainty in so many other leagues, um, there is that. And obviously, like the chance to to play again for your country, like obviously the USA uh, wasn't able to win gold last year, so to to be able to come back and uh, to have another shot of that, like it's it's definitely a difficult decision for him to make um the to, to, to not play for your country um and on like honestly I'm just hoping he makes the leaves, but I, I think he will so
2: yeah no I I think he he definitely proved that he he can hang with the big guys you know he he, he can keep up so it's gonna be really interesting to see um but that, that's the only one that I'm, like, kind of, like, iffy about. All the other players that are, like, not going to the World Juniors and staying with their pro team, I can fully understand. Um, the, it's the only one that I'm kind of, like, iffy about.
1: Yeah, like, I, I talked to some people because, obviously, the the Rangers basically said they wouldn't let Lafreniere go, right? And I talked to some people um a couple of them, they 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 didn't like the move. They thought, you know, the Rangers should let him go play for his country if that's what he wants to do. Um, I disagree with that. I think it's the right call from the Rangers for a multitude of reasons.
2: So many reasons, and like, I completely agree with number you. number
1: one being, you know, this is your first overall pick, so you have a lot invested in this player. You want him to be in training camp. Uh, at the start of training camp, to ha- build as much chemistry with the the teammates as possible, you also don't want to risk an injury, right? And especially with, like Lafreniere, he got injured last year too, and obviously he was able to come back and play. But
2: I mean, here here's the thing: the Rangers legitimately legitimately have nothing to gain from loaning him to Team Canada.
1: No, because he's not going to get any better. We already know how good he is.
2: Exactly.
1: Right. And yeah, it's like the game there. And like the, the big thing for me too, is the fact that Lafrenier captain Canada to gold last year. Right. So it's not as if he's, you know, like, like the goal for all the players is to win gold for your country. Right. But he's already done that. And he did his captain. He did it coming back from an injury and he did his tournament MVP. So at that tournament, he's nothing left to prove. Like obviously going back to back would be pretty cool. But like, I think, I might feel a little bit differently if it was a player playing for a team that, you know, was eliminated before, especially if it was, you know, a huge loss or an upset, like I would get that. But, you know, with what he did last year, like he exactly. doesn't, he doesn't need to go to the world juniors. It's more important. Not, for he him.
2: has nothing to prove.
1: No, no. Like there, there, there really isn't, isn't anything uh, for, for him to go out and prove like we know how good he is and what he did that tournament last year Um, one thing I'm very curious though and we'll talk more in depth about the the different roster selections at a later episode hopefully with our correspondent Jacob Barker Um, because he, he knows more than us in the, this area Um but it's gonna be like the world juniors like I think a part of what what people love about it is that like is it's the atmosphere of the event like the the crowds at the World Juniors are insane, especially when they're in Europe. Like last year's was crazy.
2: It was. It really was. It was
1: and that just... dumb song, that dumb penalty song they had, like even that.
2: Oh my god. It was yeah. Unreal experience. It's just the the crowd just really wraps up the event like
1: yeah and i think players like that age like they really feed off the the crowd and the energy of the building so to not have that this year like i i'm very curious to see how players respond
2: yeah um, i think it's gonna be really interesting um do you know are they playing on only the one rink in uh, edmonton or are they using more than one rink
1: um i'm not entirely sure i would imagine they'd have to use multiple rinks
2: right yeah for that
1: tournament like is it is it edmonton and red deer that they're doing so maybe they're playing in red deer. yeah yeah because the camp was in red deer
2: the team canada camp was in red deer yeah yeah and i think uh, at least the
1: the tournament was originally scheduled to be edmonton and red deer i don't know if it still is
2: okay honest but like, well i i i kind of got confused when they said bubble
1: yeah like
2: but I i know the i know uh what is it called um Rogers Center or no um, Rogers arena.
1: Yeah, there's the practice rink there.
2: yeah, exactly.
1: So uh, yeah, I'm not entirely s- certain of what the setup's gonna be
2: because I remember in Buffalo, right in Buffalo they were playing games at two rinks
1: and then they and they obviously had the the outdoor game.
2: yeah obviously
1: which was which, which cool, but I'm, um, yeah, I'm not No, enti- it's going to be
2: really interesting.
1: Yeah. I'm not entirely certain how they've, they've got it set up this year. Obviously, you know, it's been a lot of work just being able to have the event um, which is awesome. And I was think it's really nice that like um, the way it's set up, like obviously it's a little close time-wise, but I think it really like segues nicely into the NHL season
2: it, it really, it's it's perfect
1: it's it's like it's like the appetizer before the main course you know just a little taste to get you excited again and then it's back into you know the main thing
2: it, so, it it's perfect honestly like as hockey fans we couldn't ask for anything better right now
1: no it's it's going to be incredible um yeah i just can't wait and it's it's coming on man it's like 2 weeks away mhm It's excited. Um, I know it's a little early because they just kind of announced the rosters and obviously the teams have to get there and quarantine and all that. But who is your favorite for the world juniors? What country?
2: I mean, here's the thing. I, I I saw the stat of how many first rounders Canada has right? Canada yeah. has 20 first rounders.
1: Yeah. But one of those is Braden Schneider. So
2: fine. Okay. 19 <laughs> first rounders and Braden no, Schneider.
1: No disrespect to Braden Schneider, but a little bit, but <laughs> no, we like. The
2: so guy. it's hard to bet against them, man.
1: Yeah. I think the thing, I have me- to
2: go Canada with this one on my favorite. It just, it, it has to be there. The depth of their lineup is going to be nuts
1: i i think the real dark horse in this tournament and the the team that i think is gonna really come on here is team russia really right and obviously i think first of all i think as you know north american fans um i think a lot of a lot of people underestimate team russia just cuz you don't watch them play like even sweden and finland you watch a little bit more like there's more highlights circulating of them um but there's like nothing on the on the KHL and a lot of guys there like mm-hmm. it's it's hard to find like real quality like shift by shift clips of guys so there there is that uh is one element but the other thing too is that they have a new coach this year uh and really? they, yeah it's igor this year it's igor Larianov
2: Oh, that's right.
1: And I think, you know, historically, Russia's been pretty consistent in the way they've deployed their teams of just rolling four lines. Um, mm-hmm. Larianov seems a bit more open-minded to to changes uh, and things like that. So I think, like, a Team Russia under his leadership with a couple of the guys they got, like Podkolzin, like Amarov, uh, I mean, like,
2: and with a strong performance from Askarov.
1: Yeah, and everyone's favorite first rounder, Igor Chinikov. <laughs> so I think, and, and the other thing too is that a lot of the guys on Russia right now, not a lot, some, uh, like Artem, Nansiev, I butchered that name. <laughs> so no one's going to know who that is. Um, but they, they have some guys that, uh, that came over and played in North America the last couple of years. And that are now playing in Russia just because Russia's playing. Um, so guys like that, I think uh I think their experience playing on the North American ice surface is really gonna benefit them. And then coming back to, to Russia will benefit them there. So I see Team Russia as a really dangerous team in this tournament, even if on paper to most people they don't look, you know, as good as Canada, or the USA, or you know, they don't have the defensive. Team Sweden or the Anton Lindell of Team Finland, like, um, I think that we wanted to watch. Uh, I think Finland's going to be really great. Sweden never loses in the group stages ever, so <laughs> um, it's going to be competitive for sure. But I, yeah, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna go with Russian. The more the more I think about it, like I'm talking because I haven't put too much thought into this, but the more mm-hmm. I think about it, like I'm talking myself into it of like, okay, yeah, Team Rush is good. Like they're really good. The more I think
2: about it, the better I think they are. Definitely a strong pick, to be honest. Like even, hard even to go with, wrong with even though
1: they, Even though Denisenko is no longer eligible, um, you know, and, and we all know how good he is, uh, I still think this can be a great team.
2: Yeah, I mean, the Russians are always like, exciting to watch and they they always have a significant amount of potential in them they just don't always live up to the hype
1: yeah i remember i was watching there's like a clip circulating on twitter the other day and it was at like the time russia came back against canada and it like yeah. shocked everyone and it was like kuznetsov tarasenko panarin yeah and it's like looking back I think it's like
2: dmitry orlov was on that team yeah
1: and it's like okay maybe we should have seen this one coming like they were yeah. pretty, they were pretty good and then, Panarin conti- and then Panarin went on to continue to be undrafted. Exactly. And now, I mean, yeah. I don't know if he turned out to be good or not, but... He's okay. He was good in that tournament for sure. Yeah, he was. I mean... Yeah, he, I mean, he hasn't really been the same since he got separated from his good buddy, Sergei Bobrovsky.
2: <laughs> but... Man, so... I really thought they were both going to go to Florida, to be honest. I was very certain they were going to Florida.
1: Like, very certain. I was pretty sure, because I'm – and I don't know why I think this, but I was pretty sure that Panarin and Dadanov were very good friends. Uh-huh. And, and they might be. I might have nailed that. But I have no evidence to back it up. But so I was pretty sure I, – I was honestly more confident in Panarin coming to Florida than Bobrovsky in my head
2: that I in that would have been way more impactful for the same price.
1: Yeah. And that was like, that was, that was my thinking like two months before free agency. And then like a couple weeks before you kind of felt like off oh, is probably out of it.
2: Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, like playing in New York is pretty cool too, especially like, I don't know why, but there's just something about foreign players excelling in New York.
1: Yeah, I always find it very interesting, like what players excel in what markets. Like there are some players you just seem built for certain markets. Like there are some players that really thrive in, like Florida, with that kind of level of anonymity of not being, you know, as big a market as as Toronto or New York or Boston. And then there's some players that just thrive under you know that spotlight, mm-hmm. uh, and and love that. Find it very interesting. So yeah, I and mean, I mean Panarin obviously has been terrific in New York. Um, Bobrovsky, maybe a little bit less in Florida. Well, I think it's fair. Still early in the contract, though. Still early in that deal. <laughs> and the good news is they signed a really long contract, so he's a lot of time to prove himself <laughs> to live up to it. So that's that's a positive. People always look at the negative of the Bobrovsky deal. It's too long. It's for too much money. And it's like, I mean, maybe definitely, but. like <laughs> You know, it just means he's got more more time to figure it out. So More time to prove himself. I like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just a one-off. And I think it also just looks even worse because, you know, the the pandemic and the, the financial situation and everything. It looks even yeah. worse to pay a goalie that amount of money.
2: 100%. Um, yeah, it's crazy to think about that free agency year.
1: Yeah, I mean, especially when you compare it to this year's free agency year. Yeah, where it's like this year was just, we expected it to be unique and it really was like, it just guys going for way below market value, which we expected guys signing way later than we thought they would guys signing in places. We never thought they would sign Taylor hall, Florida or in Buffalo should (laughs) have come to Florida. Like just wild. And then, yeah, the year before, like with those big names, Panarin, Bobrovsky, it's, it's crazy to think like Matt Shane going to Nashville, big names that were out there. Um, and I mean, I haven't even really taken that much of a look at next year's free agency class. I um, haven't either. We, we can preview that in another episode because, you know, kill some time.
2: Yeah. Why not? <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, yeah, we've like anything. Yeah. I think we got like, cause we're doing less, for, for all wishes, we're doing less episodes over over Christmas and New Year's, um, just because that's what the network's asking of us. But then once play resumes, hopefully we'll we'll have some some great new episodes, some great guests on. Um, but in the meantime, we're gonna try and spread out all our ideas of things to talk about, um, so that you know we can get these episodes done here. Uh, And and with that being said, I mean, that that does it for this episode of the podcast. I don't know if you have anything else to add, Noah.
2: No, I'm I'm good. It was a good episode.
1: Great episode. Uh, Thank you to everyone tuning and listening. Uh, Happy Hanukkah to any of our uh, Jewish listeners out there. Uh, And yeah, we'll be back uh, on Thursday with another episode uh, doing our parlay picks again, Probably most definitely. And yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you guys then.